Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about digital legacy planning is Sig Cohen. Sig's professional experience includes a career in the Foreign Service of the U.S. Information Agency, fundraising for locally based organizations, and community organizing. He has mediated cases for the Washington, D.C. Superior Court for more than 15 years. As an elder mediator in private practice, he helped families resolve disputes around property distribution, guardianship, and caring for loved ones. His client's experiences and his own as a family caregiver form the heart of Love's Way, Living Peacefully with Your Family as Your Parents Age, a book he co-authored with retired judge Carolyn Miller Parr. Thank you for being here today, Sig. How are you? I'm great, and I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you again. So before we get jumping into this, before we uh, move forward, Sig, just a little bit of housekeeping for those of you that are joining us today. Type in those questions. Um, in time permitting, we will do everything in our power to answer those. Uh, so, Sig, let's turn it over to you. Digital legacy planning. Right. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm pleased to have this opportunity to discuss this subject, uh, digital legacy planning, with you. Think about it. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, this conversation would probably not be taking place. Uh, digital legacy planning might not even be on our radar screen. Who would have thought that in the space of that time, we would have to start figuring out what to do with all the stuff on our computers? But first, before we go forward with digital legacy planning, I'd like to put digital legacy planning in the context of other kinds of planning that need to be done, particularly as people age. The first is transition planning. Transition planning uh, occurs when people, for example, people my age, recognize that they may not be able to live alone uh, any longer or may not be able to age in place any longer. And so they have to think about an alternative residence where they can live, whether it's a co-op or group housing, one-level living, uh, continuing care retirement community, but all of that goes into transition planning. The second is financial planning, which is really a lifelong process, and it includes uh, making sure you have a durable power of attorney, um, which provides for someone uh, to take charge of your financial um, assets uh, and accounts uh, should you lack capacity to be able to do it. The third is advanced care and end-of-life planning, which is a huge area. Advanced mm -hmm. care planning, for example, includes having an advanced care directive, which includes both a, um, a health care power of attorney and a living will. And these documents set out how you want to be what kind of treatment uh, you want should you, A, no longer have the capacity to set that out to a medical professional, as well as whom you would designate to make those decisions in your place if you could no longer do it. And the life planning, one, it requires a person to be able to think about to talk about death, but it also ad addresses where do you want to die? Do you want to die at home? Do you want to die in a nursing home? Do you want to die in an institution? And the fourth area is digital legacy planning. And this is something that's, as I said, is a new area and incredibly important. The goals of my talk today are three. 
One, to know the difference between digital assets and digital accounts. Two, preparing your digital legacy plan, okay? Not just specifying who's going to be taking care of these uh, accounts and assets that you have digitally, but whom do you, uh, how do you want these assets and accounts disposed of? And third, appointing a digital power of attorney and a digital executor, okay? Two different things. One, a digital power of attorney is in your digital power of attorney, and a digital executor is usually specified or designated in a will or a trust agreement. <laughs> what is the size of your digital footprint? Okay, uh, the larger your digital footprint, uh, the larger your digital presence. And so as we accumulate memberships in uh, social media, for example, as we subscribe to Netflix or Disney Plus or God knows how many of these different subscription services, our digital footprint continues to grow, okay? And this is something we've got to think about, uh, including yours truly. So let's talk about digital assets first, okay? As distinct from digital accounts. Digital assets can be broken down into two different areas. One are your professional digital assets, and the other are your personal digital assets, okay? Your business records, for example, uh, a website you may share with another uh, professional. Um, these are professional um, assets. Um, you might also have writings and blogs. Uh, you might have a website or two. Uh, you may have a whole collection of podcasts. Um, all your emails and all your passwords are considered digital assets. And think of the films that you've downloaded, the music and books that you've downloaded. Uh, my wife has a whole collection of books on audible.com. What's going to happen to all those books? Okay. And the music, for example, that I've downloaded onto my computer and on my iPad. Uh, that's a tremendous amount of assets. What are we going to do with them? And think about the digital accounts we have, the social media accounts. God, it's unbelievable. Memberships that we might have, bank and brokerage accounts, and all the subscriptions, whether it's to our local newspaper, uh, magazines, podcasts, all of these things, particularly subscriptions that we paid for, are part of this whole category of digital accounts. And think about it. Because people do not know how to end their membership, for example, on Facebook, it's estimated in 100 years there will be 1 billion digital zombies on Facebook. In other words, people who have died and never eliminated their Facebook accounts. Okay? Um, and think about this. Every social media, Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, each one has their own individual way for people to close out their accounts. There's no one-way-fits-all one approach to closing out your accounts on social media. Why is a digital legacy plan important? Um, certainly ease of business transition and succession. I mean, this is, I think, the most important consideration. If you have a, a partnership or you're, you work for a corporation or for whomever you worked with or for, 
you accumulate a huge amount of business documents on your computer. What's going to happen to them when you die? Can you plan for your, the transition of these documents to a successor who's going to handle them, maintain them, or even get rid of them? I want to make sure everyone understands that a digital legacy plan, while it's incredibly important and everyone should have one, is not a legal document. The legal document is the power of attorney that you have or the executor you have, and I'll get to that in a little minute, in a minute or two. Uh, having a digital legacy plan ensures the continuity of important confidential client and corporate work. If you're an attorney, for example, what happens to all those client files? Or if you're a medical professional, what happens to all your um, um, patient files? It's also a way to preserve your personal professional reputation. Heaven knows what could happen to your these documents if you haven't provided for their disposition. And also protects whatever intellectual and creative property you have. Um, and if you fail the plan, you're going to leave a mess for others to clean up. I know a woman whose husband died, and uh, when he died, because there was no provision otherwise, she could not access any bank account, uh, any credit cards. When she tried to use her ATM card, their ATM card at the bank, the bank refused to make her the trans, trans, uh, transaction. So instead of grieving <coughs> for her lost husband, she had the burden of sifting through, uh, again, years of accumulated data. Thankfully, her, one of her sons is an attorney who was able to sort of find his way through this morass. But uh, this, this can happen if you fail to plan. And it's making difficult for your loved ones to access important data to fulfill your wishes. Say you want your film collection to go to your favorite nephew, or you want your music collection to go to somebody else. It's impossible for that to happen. Whoops, sorry. It's important, difficult for that to happen if you haven't planned for it. Imagine, think about all these people, relatives, nephews, whomever, who have gotten access somehow to your computer and are looking over all the stuff that you haven't, that you failed to plan for their dis disposition. So what goes into a digital legacy plan? Okay, and as I said, I want you to understand that the plan itself is not legally binding. So it's important to have a letter or instructions for your power of attorney or for your executor so that they know of what you want to have done with all that stuff in your computer. Step one, make a list of all your digital assets and accounts along with the passwords, okay? Just don't list them and not show a way to access them. Two, appoint a digital power of attorney for digital assets and accounts. And I just want to read you, in my power of attorney, I have a section, uh, and it's the title of it is, power to manage digital assets. Get this, my attorney in fact may access, modify, control, archive, transfer, and delete my digital assets. And then it goes on to list all the digital assets I have, whether it's emails, email accounts, music, photographs, videos, gaming, God knows what. So that digital power of attorney 
has the authority to dispose of your digital assets. But as I said before, as I'm going to get into, does that person have the capacity to do that? Thirdly, to provide for digital executor in your will or trust so that after you pass away and that durable power of attorney no longer has standing, there's someone else in the wings who's ready to take over that responsibility. And to make sure that your digital power of attorney and executor know how to dispose of your digital assets and accounts, your attorney may not know how to do this. Your adult kids, whom you may have appointed as power of attorney, may not know how to do this. So I believe that in the years to come, there may be a new field called a digital custodian or a digital steward, a person who is bonded, who has the technical know-how, and, and, and can be hired to take care of the disposition of your accounts and assets. And step five is to make sure you've discussed your digital legacy plan with your heirs and family members. If you don't talk about this with your loved ones, family members, heirs, there might be a lot of surprises. The nephew who thought you were going to get through films may be very disappointed. Or your wife who thought she was going to get access to all the books in your, um, uh, your, your Kindle account uh, may be very disappointed. So it's important to have the talk, just like you should have the talk regarding your will, the terms of your will or the terms of your advanced directive or your durable power of attorney. It's critically important you talk with your heirs and or family members about what your digital legacy plans state. Okay? So they allow, the, le the legacy planning will allow these folks to A, locate any online account or asset, to be able to access the account and assets and the information in them, to determine if these accounts and assets have any value, and to distribute the digital assets and accounts to the appropriate parties, and very importantly, avoid online theft, which is, seems to be getting easier and easier. Okay? Uh, by the way, it's important to understand that different states now have different um, laws in effect. For example, if you choose not to leave, say you, you, you've outlined who's going to get your films and your books and your all, all the stuff in your computer, but you haven't left login information. So your estate representative may not be able to get access to your accounts. Now some states are enacting laws to make that easier. For example, the state of Oklahoma now has the Oklahoma Executors Get Power Over Email at Facebook Accounts Law, okay? Um, and every, every company has its own guidelines and limitations about this. So, as I said, particularly social media has its own ways to doing. There's many states have now passed something called the Revised Uniform Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act, okay? Most states, where I live in the District of Columbia, we have not in the, had that law enacted. But it allows a digital asset custodian who's been appointed by power of attorney or an executor 
to disclose asset information when requested by a fiduciary who needs access to that information to fulfill fiduciary duties. For example, um, maybe your tax preparer needs access to information in order to prepare your returns for the year in which you died, but the year isn't totally up yet, but nevertheless, those returns have to be filed. So the digital asset, the, this act, uh, the Uniform Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act, which is basically the same in all the states where it's been enacted, um, sets that out and sets out what those terms are. Resources, okay, I, there, there's two resources that I found. The first one, which is available on Amazon, and I guess on Barnes & Noble, is a book called Digital Legacy Plan, a Guide to the Personal and Practical Elements of Your Digital Life Before You Die by Angela Crocker and Vicki Lloyd. This is a wonderful resource because not only does it have the instructions for what you should do, but it has a whole workbook that you can download with guides and, and tables and lists of things. So it, it provides a tremendous amount of information or, or guidance so you know what to do, what steps to take in terms of disposing with your digital assets and your digital accounts. And secondly, there's a website called Everplans. Some of you may be familiar with it. And Everplans also has a lot of very useful material about uh, how to plan for your digital legacy. So that's briefly uh, what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I'd be very pleased to take any questions. Uh, but first, I'd just like to reference our book that my co-author, Carolyn Parr, retired judge Carolyn Parr, and I uh, had published uh, by Hendrickson Publishers a year ago, Love's Way, Living Peacefully with Your Family as Your Parents Age. And this book, although it does not address digital legacy planning, because it's something I learned about subsequent to the publication of the book, it nevertheless provides a lot of, I think, useful information and a lot of stories about how families can get along with their parents, older members, uh, as these folks age. Um, and this is who I am. My name is Sig Cohen. This is my email uh, at toughconversations.net. Uh, this is our website. And my co-author, Carolyn Parr, and I blog monthly uh, about different matters. Uh, recent blog was this on this subject. Um, how to avoid becoming a digital zombie. So with that, um, I'm happy to take any questions. Very good, Sig. So we actually do have quite a few questions. Um, the first question I have here, do my digital executor, digital steward, or custodian have to be the same person? Probably not. Um, if your digital executor has a skill base, and the time to go through all your digital assets and accounts, that's great. I don't know what that, what that fee is going to be because 
if that executor is an attorney, uh, that could really ramp up the bill. Uh, that's why I said that we may see um, the advent of a new profession of the digital as digital custodians or digital stewards, people who can take that on. Now that individual may or may not be um, have legal status. So that person might have to be appointed uh, by you in conjunction with your power of attorney or appointed by you in conjunction with your executor. You found someone who's who's digitally savvy, who can be trusted, who may need to be bonded, um, and, and that person may be charged to carry out all the disposition of all your accounts and assets. Very good. Um, the second question I have here is, if I cannot find someone to dispose of my data, um, can I just depend on it to just slowly deteriorate over time? Uh, it's called digital rot, and it's probably unlike. Okay. Uh, some people wishfully think that um, the stuff is sort of going to decompose on its own. Digital stuff rarely decomposes on its own. Um, right. So I really think that it's it's magical thinking to believe that your stuff is going to just slowly decompose on its own. <laughs> um, somebody asked, where do you kind of, at this point right now, where do you think they should start putting as an inventory? Where should they put their digital um, okay. legacy information? Where should, they, where should it go? Where should it go? Okay. Well, first of all, your plan, your digital legacy plan, I think, should start with your professional assets. Okay. So if you're going to start and, and make a list of all the stuff you want to dispose of, I would start with my professional assets, those that relate to a business that you might have or to a, a professional practice you might have. So that would be taken care of first. And then after the professional assets and accounts are disposed of, then I would go to my private um, assets and accounts, assets being photos and films and books and God knows what else, and accounts being my memberships in various social media and other and publications and things like that. So um, if, if you're going to game plan this whole thing out, I start with my professional assets and then my professional accounts and then my private assets and then my private my, my private accounts, my, my professional accounts, and then my private accounts. Very good. Um, two more questions. What about the data that my doctor has, uh, or other medical professionals? What? How do I make sure that those are properly disposed? That is really a good question because I don't know that anyone has thought about this. I mean, okay. I, I think this is an, an uncovered field. What happens to your medical professional's records of you once you pass away? Now, maybe there are provisions, legal provisions, for that medical professional to keep that information. But what happens if you don't want that medical professional, or say a, a therapist, for example, to keep that information? I do not know what the answer to that is. I think that's 
an area that needs exploration, A, from an ethical point of view, as well as from a legal point of view. Okay. Um, last question. What happens if you can't find somebody who has the, the digital skills, is what they wrote in here, to uh, dispose of your digital legacy? What do you do about that? Get to work. <laughs> I mean, if you can't find somebody to do it, that's a problem. I mean, then you may have to maybe a do-it-yourself project and start over time eliminating the stuff or backing it up. You may want to take all your music that you've got and back it up on a on a, um, a thumb drive or a flash drive or something like that. Or your books. You may want to back them up onto a, a, a separate drive um, so that you have, um, I guess, a set of uh, thumb drives or flash drives, whatever term you use for these, and and label them. Uh, these are your books. These are your recordings. These are your uh, personal files. And then maybe at some point uh, clean them off and just keep them backed up on separate, uh, not on a maybe on a server, but maybe on separate. Um, uh, some drives so that when the time comes for disposition of these things, people know what to do. Now with accounts, that can be rather difficult. I think that people, you, if you do nothing else, leave a list of those accounts with their passwords, lock it up somewhere and keep it available. So if, and when you, God forbid you pass away, your, your heir or your executor or your, whomever you so appointed as your executor or trustee knows where to find this material. Very good. Well, thank you again, Sig, for uh, a lot of <laughs> people really have to start thinking, right? They have to start acting. Um, if you don't including act, you're going to be, you're going to be, in a, including your schooling. So anyway, yeah, very good. Well, uh, thank you again, Sig. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.